All right, here we go. It is a Monday, and it is Paranormal Reality TV. I'm JV. We've got a great conversation coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking with Alice Riley today. Alice is a tarot card reader, a Reiki master. She also thinks she may have been an alien experiencer. We're going to get to the bottom of all that in just a few minutes, bringing her on. we got a lot of great stuff coming up this week as well. I want to let you know about Britt and I will be talking about some of the evidence that we collected in one of our last, well, actually two of our last investigations. As you know, we were in Ohio and then Tennessee back to back just a couple of weeks ago. We're still going through all of the recorded data, whether it's video audio or other stuff we've gathered and we're coming up with clips that we want to share and we want to talk about we'll be doing that probably tomorrow night but maybe wednesday we haven't nailed down a time for that we're also gearing up for our next investigation we'll be uh once again collaborating with the ghost sisters and that'll be in well, i'm not going to tell you where it is yet we're going to keep that a secret for a little while longer but uh, it's going to be a great location and it's one that you probably actually i'm going to say definitely haven't seen before and it's going to be well worth watching we'll be there for two nights and again we'll announce that location uh probably next week i think we'll do that we've got edited versions of the brownella cottage and the Eura shrine investigations they're being uh finished and they'll be uploaded so that you can uh, check out those investigations in a more abbreviated form without all the minutiae of an investigation that you'll see in the live version which is still there, by the way, if you want to watch that. However, these are just a little more encapsulated, uh, kind of getting to the highlights of uh, the things that we encountered while we were doing those investigations. And finally, last announcement for now is that Thursday of this week, which is what, the 12th, I believe? We'll have another one of these interviews. I'll be talking with psychic medium John Russell, who, if you've followed the program for a while, you know is a good friend and a repeat uh, guest on the show. We'll have him on at one o'clock Thursday. We'll be talking about his new book, which by the way, is a fantastic book. If you're interested in learning how to harness your psychic abilities, if you feel like you might be a little bit sensitive, you might have some of that. I don't, I never feel like I've got any of those sensitivities, but if you do, and you want to learn how to better utilize or access those sensitivities, this book uh, will help you do that. And we'll be talking about that with John. At 1 o'clock on Thursday. Uh, again, today we're going to be talking with Alice Riley. Alice is a tarot card reader and a Reiki master. And we're very, very honored to have her. Alice, thanks for joining us today. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. The thing that makes this conversation uh, so exciting for me is that when you and I first started talking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this up so I don't forget anything here. But you said uh, you're a tarot reader, a Reiki master, uh, possible alien experiencer. And here's my favorite part, all-around weirdo. <laughs> you consider yourself an yeah. all-around weirdo. <laughs> yes. That makes, that makes you fit right in with the rest of us. That's wonderful. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. So I, I want to start by talking about the tarot stuff a little bit. And first of all, I've heard people pronounce it tarot. I've heard people pronounce it tarot. What, how do you pronounce it? What's the right way? I pronounce it tarot, but whatever floats your boat, yeah, I guess, because yeah. I've also heard it always, too. And I've heard it with hard T's at the end, too, like tarot. And I know, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's not right, but I've heard it that way. Yeah, that one makes me cringe a little bit. Tarot sounds nicer to me, but like I said, I've heard it pronounced all different ways. So <laughs> how did you get interested in, in tarot reading? It was actually on accident. Um, when I was 12 years old, I went out of state to visit... Um, a family member and she had just purchased a deck of tarot cards at like a Barnes and Noble. 
and <clears throat> we played around with them and she showed them to me and my sisters and immediately I was pretty interested because they're highly visual and I'm an artist and I love to draw and I love painting and so I think the visual nature of it immediately spoke to me and I could just see stories playing out and I was so fascinated and my mom was too. So we went back home to Vermont and um, my mom ended up purchasing the same tarot deck from Barnes and Noble that our relative had and her intention was to learn how to use them and she just didn't get into it. They sat around a lot and I picked them up. They were around the house. And so by the time I was 14, 15 years old, I was regularly playing with this deck of tarot cards and it's the same deck that I still primarily use today. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. So did you, were you predisposed to feeling like maybe you had some kind of psychic connection or some type of sensitivities? Not everybody has that, but those who do kind of recognize it early in life. Very much so. Um, something that's really true for me is that I'm a big dreamer. I have really epic dreams at night. Most nights I close my eyes and a movie starts basically. And I remember all of my dreams. Um, I don't think that I'm a medium, but anything that's been close to mediumship, it's happened to me during dreams. I've had premonitions and sort of precognition type things during dreams. Um, and yeah, I always just had a sense of knowing things through my dreams. And then there would be other times in life too, where I just would have, I don't know, like something would cross my mind. Something as simple as like, you think of a person and then they call you, somebody you haven't seen in a while. They all of a sudden call you or you run into them, that kind of stuff. But then I've had other, over the years, just many, many instances where I just knew I knew something. I didn't know how I knew it, but then it came to pass. Sounds pretty psychic to me. I don't know. I don't know what the real <laughs> definition know. is, but it sounds pretty close. Um, so as you started to, to kind of experiment with the tarot cards, did you, did, first of all, let me ask this. Uh, with, with people who read tarot cards does it require any kind of specific training or is it something you kind of learn and you develop a, an ability to read as you go along i think it's both so traditionally a tarot deck has 78 cards um 22 of those cards are what are what are called major arcana and those represent um each card basically has its own special meaning the major arcana represent certain major life events the major arcana cards, a lot of people know those. They know the hanged man, the magician, the death card, um, the emperor card. People usually recognize those, the wheel of fortune. Um, and I think that the it is important to learn the meaning behind a lot of the cards specifically. Um, I spent lots and lots of time reading about tarot cards and reading about all the different definitions and meanings. Um, each card also has a numerological and an astrological association. And depending on how deep you get into it, a lot of these cards also have um, religious connotations too. Um, and a lot of esoteric symbolism, religious symbolism. So there are prescribed meanings to each card. And I did memorize those and learn those inside and out. But I do think that the cards also work um, in the sense that when I lay out the cards, most people in the reading with me can look at those cards and glean some kind of significance just from the artwork on them and from the symbolism. If you see 
Uh, for example, a white dove on a card, a lot of people associate that with peace or a heart would mean love, or swords being stabbed through a heart might mean sorrow or grief or sadness or a stab in the back, that kind of thing. So some of it is intuitive um, and it's just you picking up on what you're sensing in the pictures. And it's it's half and half for me. Now, from what I understand, and I have spoken with other folks who do have the ability to read tarot cards, like if, if, if I was getting a reading or someone's getting a reading and you're flipping the cards over and the death card appears that doesn't mean you're going to die right that's not what that means that exactly that is not what that means um death is the great transformer is how i learned it so death often means that you're closing one chapter and opening another it's the end of a phase you're transitioning you're transforming um and sometimes too it can depend on what other cards are uh hanging out in relation to it so if it's next to um, some cards that we laid out pertaining to your relationship and the death card came up, we might be looking at the end of a relationship or um, the beginning of a new relationship. So, And um, also from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of it depends on the situation that the person you're reading is in, right? It's their personal experiences and what they're going through at the time. That'll affect what the cards actually mean when you're doing a reading. Absolutely, yep. How does it work... Uh, from a spiritual sense, is there a spiritual connection with tarot cards or is it, is it, I don't know. I don't know how, what else it could be, but is there a spiritual connection to the cards? I think there is. And I think most tarot readers will tell you that there is. Um, for many years, I used to tell people that, oh, I'm just interpreting, you know, it's just a a subset of knowledge that I've picked up over the years and I just know how to interpret these and it's nothing that I'm intuiting or coming up with, but that's really evolved for me over the years because there's a lot of instances where um, maybe I'll lay out the cards and the story is saying one thing from a technical standpoint, like, okay, when these three cards pop up, this is what they historically mean and this is what they technically mean by the book by the dictionary but for some reason i'm not feeling that way and 10 times out of 10 when i go with my feelings and intuitions and read the cards as i see them and not the way that they are necessarily defined by the book um things tend to make more sense so i think it, i do think there's a lot of both but certainly having a sense of intuition and also being able to really read the person in front of you and read their energy a little bit. Some people come in with a poker face and they don't want to be read. They want you to read for them, but they, they come in like, okay, I'm not going to give her anything. And you start reading and you're looking at them and you're reading and you're looking at them and you can just start to see something happen with them. And just being good with people, I think helps also. You know, the more you talk about this, the more I think your uncertainty as to whether, you know, how much psychic ability you have is starting to clear up. You seem to have a lot. You seem to really, when you even when you're <laughs> defining how you're reading tarot cards, you're talking about, you know, things that your intuition is picking up that, yeah. you know, the cards may not, from a, from a technical standpoint, be saying, but you're picking it up and therefore, mm -hmm. uh, you know, assessing or, or determining a meaning of the cards based on what you're feeling. So that's kind of important. Yeah, they're, kind, they're kind of a conduit almost more than a um more than like a set in stone thing because i've 
uh, in the past, when I haven't had a tarot deck handy, I've been able to do it with regular playing cards too. And um, I just decide like, okay, hearts will be in it all, you know, a regular deck of cards has four suits and so does, um, so do the tarot cards. So I just reassign the playing deck um, the way that I would read it with a tarot deck minus a few cards. And it's worked out that way too. So sometimes I do think it is just like a, a medium through which I'm maybe channeling a little bit of something, but. Forgive me if I, if I'm, and I know it's virtual, but I look over here and I'm, I'm responding to people in chat and trying to uh, engage and stuff. So I'm not dis, I'm not, not listening. I'm absolutely listening. I just have to look over here every once in a while. So forgive me when I do that. Um, You're fine. No worries. So here, here's a weird question. Can you read people who have passed? Can you do a tarot card reading on someone who's already passed or is that not possible? Ooh. Okay. So I think it could be possible. Um, and this actually ties in a little bit to Reiki. Um, in Reiki, there is a belief that you can send Reiki or life energy through time and space to like, for example, if um, I was worried that somebody I knew that had passed away had suffered at the time of their passing, I could send Reiki technically to comfort them at the time of their death. Um, you know, if you want to get real weird, like time is sort of a construct and in Reiki, the belief is that you can send that energy, you know, basically through time and space to comfort people. You could send Reiki to future moments, past moments, cause it's all the same moment, I guess. Um, and in tarot readings, it's, it's actually really common that people also want to address the dead. And that's not something that I really advertise or push on people or say that I can do because I don't really experiment with that a lot. Um, but something that I've developed over the years to kind of satisfy that itch that people have is that um, we shuffle the deck and we sort of consciously call in the loved one that they want to speak to and we pick a card on, the, on that deceased loved one's behalf. And it's really funny how often that one card, the, the message card basically, does relay some significance to the person who's looking for their path, their deceased loved one. That's really interesting. And and here's a kind of a follow-up question to that. A lot of people will hesitate or, or completely rule out the use of like an Ouija board uh, mm -hmm. for contacting the dead. And we always view that type of device, the Ouija board, other things like it as a conduit. You use the word, the cards are a conduit. Um, is there any risk of, a similar uh, malicious entity using the cards through you as a reader uh, and and somehow, you know, connecting to either the person you're doing a reading for or yourself? I've never personally experienced it. I actually think the scariest energies I've ever come in contact with were human, um, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but no, I've never had anything come through the cards, I guess. I've, like I said before, I've definitely intuited things myself through me. Um, 
but no, I've never experienced anything negative coming from the cards. I've, I've been asked that before, or rather told that before, um, by very religious people that I shouldn't be messing with that stuff, but it's honestly never had a negative impact on me or the people I've read for. So, <laughs> well, that's good. That's good to hear. But I never say never. It's a weird world out there. Do you do any? Universe. Do you do any kind of protection for yourself? Do you? Is there something that you do, or do you have a have a crystal or, a, or a, something that you wear to protect you, or do you not consider it a threat? I really don't consider it a threat, but I do keep. I have a little rose quartz frog and a little piece of selenite that I keep with my cards. The selenite is sort of, um, I've heard people refer to it as a smokeless smudge or a smokeless sage because it's one of those uh, types of crystals that apparently doesn't need any recharging or clearing. And it, it kind of acts as like a filter and helps to filter out bad vibes basically. And the little rose quartz frog um, is really just more a place for me to hold my, um, my intentions I guess, and to kind of, it's almost like a fidget toy while I'm reading. Um, <laughs> and frogs are special to me. I think that they're special animals. So, but the selenite really, I almost think I keep the selenite out again, more for the people in front of me than anything, um, than any sort of metaphysical cooties that might be infiltrating the, the meeting. We are talking with Alice Riley. Alice is a tarot card reader, a Reiki master. Also, we're going to be talking about a possible alien experience that uh, she has had, maybe more than one. I'm not sure because we haven't talked about it yet. If you want to get a tarot card reading from Alice, the easiest way, Alice, is through Facebook. Is that what you you were telling me? So it's just yeah. Alice Riley on Facebook. Let me just put, the, put her name up here so you can see how it's spelled. Um, Alice Riley. You can find her on Facebook. She does readings. Zoom, is that how you do it? Like through Zoom? Yep, we can do Zoom or Facebook Messenger, FaceTime. Yep. Okay, so you can contact Alice there. Let's talk about Reiki. Now, you you said that when you, you started to introduce yourself to tarot card reading, you were a young teenager, um, preteen, somewhere in that neighborhood. How about Reiki? When did you get introduced to that? And when did you do, decide to pursue it as a, uh, to become a Reiki master? Um, I learned about what Reiki was Probably, I really can't remember the first time I even heard about it, but um, years ago in my early 20s, I went to massage therapy school and the Reiki one attunement, there's three attunements to become um, a Reiki practitioner, a Reiki master, and the massage school included the Reiki one attunement. Um, which is sort of like a certification basically as a part of their curriculum. And after I did the first attunement, I thought, I think I've been doing this already most of my life and didn't know that I was doing it. And I actually think most people are can do energy work or instinctively use energy work or hands-on healing and don't know that they're doing it. Like if you bump your knee on something, you immediately put your hand on your knee like, ah, or you know, if your child comes up and says, my tummy hurts, you put your hand on their tummy and say, oh, I'm sorry. Like I think hands-on healing is a really natural instinct for most humans. Um, but so I did my first Reiki one attunement in my early twenties. Um, and then that same Reiki master that did that attunement, she did my second attunement. A couple years later, I reached out to her um, and she did it. And then um, a really good friend of mine named Maureen, who's a Reiki master, she did my Reiki master attunement for me, I think by the time I was 28. 
Um, and it was really more for personal development and personal healing than anything. Um, and I don't, I use Reiki all the time. I don't, it's not something that I use to make money or, um, you know, offer as a practice to people. I use it on my pets and animals, or I send it out to people like in my meditation. Um, but it was, mo it was mostly selfish. I really just wanted to be able to kind of heal myself and, and also sort of um, kind of reset my energy after difficult situations. You know, giving tarot readings to people, can it can be heavy sometimes. People come in and um, share a lot with you. I'm also a full-time hairstylist, which is basically like being a an armchair psychologist all day long. <laughs> so I deal with people on really intense, really intimate levels in that sense. And Reiki has been a really great addition to my toolbox of self-healing tools. So great. So now I have to sit here and think she's looking at me saying, what the hell? Who cut his hair? <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. It's my day off. Today. Okay. Everybody's bald right, right now. <laughs> fair enough. I promise I didn't do it myself. It may look like it, but I didn't. Um, oh, it looks great. <laughs> I'm going to take us back to tarot because uh, Chad has a whole bunch of questions. And since there's a bit of a delay between what you and I are talking about and when it appears on, on the stream and then the chat questions, uh, John wants to know what the most difficult or frustrating reading you've given was and what's the most satisfying one. If you have examples of those. Yes. Okay. The most challenging or difficult readings are when people desperately want you to validate really bad or really unhealthy situations. And what a good example of that would be if um, a person comes in and maybe this is the third or fourth time I've seen them, their relationship with their partner is really bad. Their partner cheats on them and mistreats them. They're not a good person. It's just toxic all around. And they're desperately hoping that this will be the reading that offers them a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, please tell me how to make this toxic situation work. Please justify or validate this choice that I'm making to stay in the toxic situation. And I am not somebody who will um, sugarcoat things. I'm tactful in my delivery, but I also don't want to give people false hope either or or be dishonest. And it can be really, really challenging to deliver um, bad news to people. Like, oh, yep, they are still cheating on you. Or, yep, it is still a bad situation. Yeah, I was going to ask, That's do you, some psychics or people that do any kind of readings just will not deliver bad news. They, they just will not do it. Um, do you find yourself in those positions often? And do you deliver the news? Um. I believe there's always a tactful way to come to the right conclusion. And sometimes, let me say this, I think that about 99% of the time, people already know what I'm going to say. They just want to hear me say it back to them. They just want validation. So if I don't want to say it, say the hard thing to them, I can lead them to it and get them to say it because a lot of times they already kind of know. It's hard to explain, but uh, through our conversation, I can kind of get to the meat of the issue and say, you know, this is this is X, Y, and Z. What do you think of that? And they're like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, Slack yeah, no, Slacktastical wants to know if you read upside down cards, do you 
uh, only read the upright cards. I have no idea what some of these questions mean, so I hope you do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, I do read reversals. Um, so what, what they're asking is um, there's a an right side up and a upside down of the card, of each card. And for every card that has a meaning, there's a reverse meaning. So if you spread out the cards and let's just say that the moon card pops up and the moon is upside down, I'm going to read the reverse meaning. Uh, let's see. Doug Decker wants to know, has Alice had one reading in particular that you that has remained with you? Uh, so have you done a reading that's really stuck with you? Like maybe you had to deliver some, some very seriously bad news or something and it's just kind of haunted you? I had a weird one that, um, so I had somebody reach out to me one time, somebody I know pretty well, actually, she reached out to me really early in the morning and, um, wanted a reading and she was just distraught, really, really emotional. What happened was she had a family member that was, um, that was in the hospital, something had happened. It was a young person. I can't remember what all the circumstances were, but this person was in the hospital and they were really thinking that this was going to be it for this person, that they were um, going to die. And um, she was like, can you just give me a reading? I just could use some comfort right now and support. And I just really want to know, like, is the outcome of this situation going to be what I think it is? And as a rule, this is one thing that I don't, do I don't predict deaths. I don't think anybody can predict a death. Um, but the I remember specifically, I believe it was the Ace of Cups was the cup that I drew or the card that I drew, excuse me. And the Ace of Cups is, um, I think it was the Ace of Cups. It's a card of resurrection and it's a card of regeneration and new beginnings and healing and sometimes miraculous healing. And I said to my friend on the phone, I said, you have a card here that's actually indicating a miraculous healing of some kind. Um, and my friend was like, no, I really think this is the end. And I said, okay, well, you know the situation better than I do. I'm just telling you what I see. And this person, her relative made like a totally miraculous recovery. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. I have goosebumps actually just talking about it. Oh, that's got to feel um, really, really good. I don't know if good is the word, satisfying. Obviously, it's 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 great news. So, I mean, that must really be yeah. positive. Yes. And then other ones like that would be, um, I pick the page of cups a lot when there's pregnancies. Um, and that's, all, that's usually very happy news for most people, especially women who are trying and they are having a really hard time getting pregnant. Um, or it's just been a long time coming, that one. I don't even know if that card actually off the top of my head is traditionally about children, uh, but for me in my practice, whenever that card comes up in combination with other cards, it usually means a baby is on the way. And that one is right almost 100% of the time. And it's always so exciting because usually it's a very early pregnancy and I'm like, are you trying to get pregnant or are you pregnant right now? And the girl will be like, oh, how did you make that? I haven't told anybody. And uh, that's just like fun. It's exciting when that happens. Uh, let's see. Pam wants to know if you had a mentor when you began your journey with your abilities. Now you mentioned a mentor when you were talking about Reiki uh, and you mentioned your mom when you were talking about tarot. Did you have anybody else that you looked up to? 
Oh my God, so many people. Um, there's actually a woman local to me who is a fantastic tarot reader and she gives classes. Um, I don't know if I should say her name here without her permission, excuse me, but um, she is fantastic. And actually she's from, I believe she's from the Adirondacks originally. Um, and is just sort of this eccentric mountain woman. And I met her at a tarot class. She teaches people to read tarot cards. And I started taking some classes with her several years ago. Um, and she has been probably um, hands down the, mo the biggest mentor for my tarot practice. She's been amazing. Okay. Um, just remember some of these questions, I don't know what they mean. So I'm just going to ask yeah. and, and you take them where you need to take them. But um, Slacktastical wants to know what kind of spread you use. Ooh, um, different ones. So the traditional Celtic cross spread, um, which I think a lot of people who read tarot cards, even just as like a hobby would recognize it. Um, it's 11 cards two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten cards, I guess. Um, and I use that one a lot. Um, I also do one called the Wheel of the Year, 12 cards for the 12 months of the year. And you can start, um, we could do one, for example, for the month of October through next September. And it's a fun way to sort of give yourself a monthly forecast of the year ahead. Um, sometimes I do a simple three card spread, like a simple past, present, future, um, and I experiment a lot too. Sometimes I just make up things, um, on a whim, like the one where I was talking about picking a card for a ghost in the room, basically. <laughs> um, so yeah, probably the Celtic cross one is my go-to. I guess we're going to change the subject back to, uh, Reiki. If anybody has any other questions about tarot, please feel free to ask and chat and we'll, we'll ask the questions. Um, I'm so you talked about the an example of we all kind of have this energy uh, this ability to energy heal you know and you mentioned a, an example of which you know if you, if if a child comes over and they they hurt their their stomach hurts or you you know mom or dad will put their hand on the stomach to make it feel better and that's kind of an example of what you're talking about is reiki always and traditionally a physical energy healing process or is it also emotional spiritual all of the above. Um, in your Reiki one attunement, it's all very hands-on. Um, and that would be the kind of hands-on healing where you have somebody in the room with you and you put your hands on them on different parts of the body to um, deliver the energy. Um, and then in Reiki two and three, you learn how to send it basically um, energetically to people through um, in the present time or basically through time and space. Um, but my Reiki one and two teacher told me when she was training me that she gives, she sends Reiki to roadkill. Every time she drives by like a carcass on the side of the road, she'll send them, um, some of the Reiki symbols. And now I do it too. Every single time I see something dead on the side of the road, I send it Reiki to the, to help soothe it at the time of its passing, basically. Um, and so it doesn't have to be hands-on. It can be totally energetic. Um, I belong to um, a group where we take requests. And if somebody's going through a really hard time, we all agree on a time and we send them Reiki at that time. Um, 
I don't run the group. I'm just in it. And I get the email occasionally and I send random people Reiki all the time. <laughs> I didn't realize that was something you can actually do remotely. Yep. Interesting. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the funny thing is, is when we first started talking about having you on the program, you said you weren't sure you were all that interesting. And I'm already looking at the clock saying, we're going to run out of time before we run out of interesting things to talk about. So <laughs> <laughs> you are very interesting. Um, let's let's Thank just, you. yeah, well, let's advance to, uh, hey, Wendy, good to see you too. Thanks for saying hello. Um, <laughs> Nikki says, please send some of that energy healing my way. Um, okay. Do you do Reiki remotely too? I know we we mentioned you do tarot cards readings remotely. I can do Reiki remotely um, when people ask for it. Um, and like I said, I belong to a group where um, they just send out send out like a mass email to everybody who's a Reiki practitioner. And if you have time, you can um, you know tune in that day and uh, send Reiki to the request. Um, but yeah, I would do, I would send long distance healing to people if they wanted it. Um, and you know, Reiki is the kind of thing where I feel weird, like charging money for it. <laughs> I've never really done it. I just yeah. send it. It's nothing from me. And the cool thing about Reiki, the belief is that, um, my body is the conduit through which it's coming through. So every time I send Reiki, I'm also receiving Reiki simultaneously. So it's kind of a two for one. Nice. So uh, folks who are interested in finding out how to contact Alice about a reading tarot card reading, particularly, you can find her on Facebook. It's Alice Riley. And note the spelling of Riley. Uh, Wendy wants to know, Does when you do a Reiki session with somebody, uh, do you get your energy, energy drained from that? Or you just kind of mentioned you receive as you give. So maybe it balances? Yep. Nothing is coming from me it's sort of coming through me when i'm giving reiki for some reason the mental image that i get is almost like water pouring in from the top of my head and out my hands it just washes right through me um it's nothing that i'm generating or it's not coming from me um and so as it's running through me it's also i'm getting a reiki treatment too Another question about tarot before we move on. Is there one card in the tarot that has a special meaning or that you are drawn to? Um, the Hermit card. Um, it's number nine in the tarot deck. And it's associated with the sign of Virgo, which I'm a Virgo. And the number nine in numerology in tarot would be um, consciousness. And in tarot... Uh, you have the fool, the magician, and the hermit cards. And the way I was taught by my tarot teacher is that you can look at those cards as almost sort of um, like the hero's journey a little bit. We all start out the naive fool in life. Um, you know, you're just blissfully ignorant. You're happy. Nothing's hurt you yet. And then as you grow and mature, you become the magician. You realize that you can start manifesting your destiny. You realize that you can start integrating forces in your life to attain enlightenment and happiness. And then the hermit is sort of the self-actualized um, manifester and um, kind of a Merlin type figure almost. And I've just always loved the, the idea of the hermit card um, being a little bit of like a monk or um, a Zen master kind of. I, I like the meaning. I like the imagery of the hermit. We have a lot of folks joining us on Facebook now. If, if you're just joining this discussion, 
you can obviously replay it, uh, and and you should because there's a lot of great information here. Alice is doing a terrific job of explaining things. Um, I want to talk about your alien experience or possible alien experience. You said in your in our conversations that possible alien experience, possible yeah. alien experience. Here. What happened, and why aren't you sure? Okay, <laughs> this is so weird. So my whole life, I've always loved aliens, UFOs. I've always seen UFOs. I have many UFO stories. Um, and I've had encounters with beings through my dream space, I guess is what you would call it, where I've often wondered if, if I was visited um, because I had these very vivid dreams for many years of my life where I'm like, was that just a lucid dream or was that something? Um, but then many, many years later, this was probably in 2017, I think it was, um, I was working in a very small, uh, salon on a side street in a busy town and the salon was packed that day. There were only four of us that worked there. Um, but we each had a guest and then each guest, it seemed like had people with them. The, the room just seemed really busy that day. Um, and we were all packed in there and it was a beautiful, bright, sunny day. People were all over the streets walking around and I had just finished with a client. I had just applied a color to her hair and I was going to leave her to process for about a half an hour. And I said, I'm just going to uh, go check some messages. So I go up to the front desk and there's two big windows right next to the front desk. And I'm just looking over my message board and I'm about to start returning some phone calls. And I look up and there's these two people standing outside the window and they i i feel like when i noticed them they were boring a hole through my soul they were looking back at me through the window and i remember thinking how strange they looked um i couldn't decide if they were like a twin brother and sister or boyfriend or girlfriend or like what their relationship to each other was but they were about the same size, like almost identical in size, very short, super pale skin. And what was weird about them was that they had very pinched faces, like their faces were on like the lower two thirds of their face and they had tiny little features and it was just the strangest thing. And their eyes were very far set apart on their face, faces, bright, bright searing blue eyes. And when I looked at them, my heart sank and I was like, oh no, they're going to come in here. And, you know, us, working in a salon, people come in and out all the time. People try their, try to see if you have a walk-in appointment. Some people just want to see if they can use the bathroom or they want to buy some product. There's lots of reasons people will just come in and out. Um, and I don't normally have that reaction to people <laughs> walking into the salon. Usually I'm like, oh, customers. But I immediately became worried that they were going to come inside for some reason. And they did. They started shuffling toward the front door and they walked shoulder to shoulder and like shuffled together in perfect unison. It was the weirdest thing. They came into the salon, started walking toward me at the front desk and they just were not saying anything. They were both staring at me and I'm like, hi, can I help you? And they're just slowly walking toward me. I'm like, can I help you? I say it a little louder because I'm like, maybe they can't hear me over the din of the room. 
And as they're getting closer to the desk, they start to act like they're going to come around behind the desk, which starts to scare me because I'm like, oh my God, am I being robbed right now? <laughs> like I started having all these really weird thoughts. Like, are they going to rob me? They're going to rob me. And I, again, I don't know why I was thinking that maybe it was because they were coming to the side of the desk and it was like nobody else in this busy room even noticed them. And I asked them a third time, can I help you? Do you have appointments today? And they look at each other and she keeps acting like she's trying to say something like, like that. And he looks at me and he was like, do you have nails? And I took it to mean, do you do manicures here? And at that time we didn't. And I said, oh no, we don't have time for a manicure today or we don't do that here or something like that. And then they looked at each other and then just looked back, looked back at me and he started to come closer to me again, like he was gonna try to come behind the desk. So I moved from out behind the desk to kind of block him physically and say, as if to say like, that's far enough. They were very short. I'm five foot eight. And I mean, he was probably barely up to my nose and she never said anything. He did all the talking and um, I just thought it was so weird. They, they just kept staring at me and I was like, is there anything else I can help you with? Or do you want a recommendation? And they were like, no, that's okay. Or he said, no, that's all right. Thank you. And something that was really weird about them also was their teeth. They had weird nubby little teeth, like big, big gums and just barely perceptible nubby little teeth. And like, I don't even remember how this encounter ended. I don't know who these people were. I worked in a really small town. I had never seen them before in my life. And I knew a lot of the people in that town, especially working there for almost 15 years, you get used to all the people on the street. Um, especially like, you know, your homeless population or people who are panhandling or, you know, people that might be known drug addicts, things like that. Like you get to know all those faces. I'd never seen these people before in my life. The way that they looked so similar was strange. And I also remember thinking like, they looked real, they seemed like children to me when I first looked outside at them. And then when they came in, I realized that they were adults. The whole thing was so weird. I really don't even remember them leaving at this point. They must have shuffled out. And I don't even remember seeing them walk away. I wanted to watch them leave because I wanted to make sure that they walked out the doors and were actually gone. And they left and I never saw them again. Nobody else in the room noticed them. When I was scared out of, <laughs> I had the daylight scared out of me. When they left, I looked around at other people. I'm like, did you just see those people? And my client who was only like five feet away from me was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, like, I know I just saw these two strange people. <laughs> it was bizarre. It was bizarre. And to this day, I'm like, did I just have like a man in black experience? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so as you're telling crazy. this story, I know that you're familiar with Mothman because we talked about that. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the Woody Derenberger? Connection to all okay, so you know that too, and you and you probably are also familiar familiar with the what they consider to be alien encounters they had of these people that just were a little awkward in the in the way they presented themselves and the way they tried yeah. to speak and didn't speak and some of the physical mm -hmm. descriptions you use very very similar. Yeah, it was unsettling, and in a lot of those encounters that you hear about when people talk about men in black or 
um, just encounters with strange people that are almost playing at being human and doing barely a good enough job at it. Um, they say and do things that don't make sense in the moment. Right. And from the moment I locked eyes with these two people, I, the thoughts that were going through my head were so weird. I'm like, oh, those are children. Those are children. Those are children. I kept thinking like, those are kids. Who are these kids? And then as they got closer, I still kept trying to, it was like my brain was trying to superimpose children, children, children onto them. And they were looking at me and I'm like, these are not children. And then I thought they were going to rob me, which again is kind of a funny assumption to make, I guess. And especially in a really busy room where there's lots of people milling around, I should have probably felt a lot safer. Um, and yeah, I just, I, and the other thought I kept thinking too was like, don't let them use the bathroom. I don't know why I kept thinking that I was prepared for them to ask to use the restroom. And I think maybe in my customer service training, I was like, the bathroom is only for paying customers. I just, it was like, I didn't want them to come into the building anymore. I wanted them to leave. It almost had like a vampire vibe to it wow. too. I was like, I just want these people to go. Well, anything yeah. distinct about their clothing that you remember? No. She seemed not covered up enough. Like she had really small clothes on that were almost not the right size for her. Um, and not in like a, like an intentional way, like a crop top and Daisy Duke shorts. It was like her, the clo her clothes were ill-fitting. And I think I noticed because she seemed a little overexposed and uncomfortable. Um, and that's the other thing too, I think also working with the public, um, you know, you always, and especially since I thought they were children at first too, I think the way she was dressed set off alarm bells in my head. You know, if a little girl came in wearing clothes like that and seemed like she wasn't allowed to talk or, you know, something like that, I would be really, red flags would be going up, you know, for like trafficking or things like that. But they definitely were much older than I thought that they were once they got close to me. Um, and I don't remember what he was wearing. Did, now, you, you said that... You when you started talking about this, that you felt like maybe you've had a dream, a dream connection or, or some type of visitations during sleep. Uh, did those faces ever come back to you in that way? No, never. I've never seen anything like them before or since. Wow. And their teeth bothered the shit out of me. <laughs> Excuse me. It's okay. I, I was like, I remember <laughs> thinking, my, my brain was just trying to, to assess these people and figure them out. I'm like, where are their teeth? Why, are, why do they look so little and so old at the same time? It was very, and why did nobody else see them? Yeah. I mean, it, it just was like, oh, it gives me goosebumps just to think about it. Yeah, well, <laughs> as, you're, as you're telling the story, I'm like, first of all, you're a great storyteller. But secondly, we should write this into a screenplay because that'll, that'll give people nightmares, what you just described. <laughs> No doubt. I tried to make a TikTok about it and people were really upset. They're like, that is so disturbing. I'm like, yeah, I think I should stop telling people about this because <laughs> it's, it's, it's very creepy. It was creepy to experience. Well, this audience finds it fascinating. Uh, we're almost out of time. I want to ask you about uh, uh, another thing you said that high strangest, strangest has always been part of your life. Have you ever done any ghost hunting? Have you ever done anything like that? Um, I would love to. Um, I, not officially, I've been um, in homes before where things started happening um, and I wasn't there in like a ghost hunting capacity, but then everything kind of stopped so we could just listen and observe and explore a little bit. But 
Um, never done any official ghost hunting. Uh, you mentioned that you you enjoy the ghost shows, the ghost hunting shows. There's mm -hmm. one, and I won't mention which one, that you say you hate watch. What do you like? What what type of ghost show do you like to watch? What do you like to see? I like a fair amount of um, quiet during a ghost show. Some of them, there's it seems like there's a lot of like yelling and screaming or a lot of background sound effect or music or things like that. The quiet is both unnerving, but also helpful when you can kind of listen along. Um, and I also like hearing about legends and folklore that might be sort of pertinent to the areas too. Um, but sometimes I think that's a double-edged sword because I think it can kind of uh, plant some seeds in your mind over what you're experiencing. Um, and a, a healthy dose of skepticism too. For as big of a weirdo as I am, I, I do think it's important to say like, okay, well, were the windows open? Is that why the curtains were blowing? Or, you know, is it just an old house? Is that why it creaks? Is that why the clock flew across the room? We'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, skept a little skeptical. Sounds good. It's, it's, it's an important tool. Skepticism is an important tool. And I've worked with too many investigators who don't bring that to an investigation. And, and it gets a little problematic at times because everything's a ghost. And that, that's just not the case. We mm -hmm. know that. So, um, listen, Alice, we're out of time. And this has flown by. And we didn't cover everything I wanted to. But that's okay. Uh, once again, if, if, if you would like, if folks would like to um, contact Alice about a tarot card reading, you can find her on Facebook. It's Alice Riley, I'm going to put the, put her name back up here so you can see because it's a unique spelling. And uh, anything else? Uh, any uh, anything else you want to share? I think we've covered most of it, even though we we left a few things out. Um, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of ground today. And yeah, you'll see my name pop up on the paranormal um, reality TV Facebook page a lot in the comment section. Feel free to say hi. I'm a big weirdo and I'm a people <laughs> person, so don't be a stranger. <laughs> well, I love it. Again, Alice, thanks so much for your time today. And uh, you're you're very fascinating and, and you're a great storyteller. So we appreciate every minute you spent with us. Thank you. Yeah, I had a blast. Thank you so much. Okay, remember you can contact Alice on Facebook and uh, tarot card readings and um, she's available for that. And then I will mention, even though I don't have a date set up yet, remember Tanisha, if you watch the live investigation of Brownella Cottage, the uh, executive director of the historical society that maintains that building, uh, Tanisha was there with us. She's gonna be coming on the program and she's gonna be telling the complete story of Bishop Brown. It is a fascinating story. It, and, and we had no idea when we were headed there that this was going to be so interesting and it is a great story so uh in the next couple of weeks we'll have her on to talk about that and then we've got a live investigation coming up really soon as well and it's at a location that nobody's i'm sure unless you're local to the place nobody's seen it on on tv or anything like that and it's a fabulous place we're going to be, going to be collaborating with the ghost sisters again uh, for that thank you for the compliments thank you for the likes please share Please share everything we've got going on. Uh, that helps out a lot. If you can subscribe, we'd help, we'd appreciate that too as we uh, plan out our calendar. We've got a lot of great investigations coming up.